now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. You know, Captain Dennis, pretty happy uh, pilot right now because he's literally days, down to the final days, of getting his Mooney 201 back up in the air. Am I right, Dennis? We are getting so close, I can taste it. Yeah. I, so, I just can't wait. Do, do we get any uh, pictures up at JustPlaneRadio.com of, of the assembly or the reassembly uh, with your newly refurbed engine from Pinnacle? Well, you just no? created a homework assignment for right. me, so I will make sure I get some new ones up there. Exactly. Uh, I, w- I am planning, though, for the first engine run and also for the first flight to put uh, a couple of cameras on the plane somewhere so that uh, we can capture this moment, you know. We we obviously know when the last flight was because that was Taco Tuesday, and so now yeah. we can uh, bookend that and have the first flight. Okay, I like it. Maybe uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be in time for Halloween. You think there's a chance? There's a chance. That's what I'm pushing hard with for the mechanic. Uh, so let's hope. Uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of work. The neighbors have been doing a, a lot of work helping me with this. It's been a great team effort. Kind of kind of like an Amish barn raising, only a little bit more modern. Okay. Well, yeah, he has a unique uh, backdrop there at that air park down there in Fort Myers. But I wonder if we did, uh, if, you, if you happen to get it done in time, I'd say we, we plan a flight on Halloween and uh, pop around to all the different FBOs and say, trick or treat. Yeah, they may look at us weird, but I bet you they're going to have candy for all the pilots, don't you think? Isn't that a thing? Can we get a gallon of bad gas? <laughs> you can try. <laughs> You're going to have to do a pretty good trick for that. Uh, you know, hey, so. I took an airplane that's been sitting for six months and got it back in the air. That's a good trick. Okay. Isn't it? Well, there's. Uh, I, I guess it'll depend on the the FBO, but uh, I I would imagine that most of the FBOs on Halloween day, you think they're going to have like a little bowl of candy for all the pilots to take advantage of? Surely. That could be, a I thing. would think so. Cause they yeah. tend to have some sort of snacks or treats for pilots pretty much every day. Yeah. And they'll, they'll go, well, what are you supposed to be? Well, I'm a pilot. Hello. Look at me. That should be enough for like a little, uh, you know, thin mint or something. <laughs> anyway, one something to M&M. think about <laughs> any excuse to fly your aircraft. And that could I be agree. one for halloween all right so uh we got that to look forward to we got some you know late the latest news and information for aviation enthusiasts to kind of navigate through today maybe even te- check in with a friend of mine who's see how his you know his flying uh has been going lately we haven't t- checked in with josh lately we're going to try to connect with him but but as far as stories we got an interesting one that uh flight schools should definitely be paying attention to or really any aviation business because this might happen to you so it's one of those type of stories is it not it is uh yeah this is a situation where as we've gotten more and more computerized it certainly made our lives a lot easier you know the old days of getting the little metal uh, uh clipboard with the, the maintenance records and and the you know flight logs in it that's long gone um, it was inefficient and hard to manage so we've gone to 
a lot of these computerized scheduling and dispatch programs. But if somebody gets in there with malicious intent, it can cause uh, some unexpected consequences, as we found out recently in Melbourne, Florida. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a disgruntled employee quit her job after they fired her father, and uh, she took her revenge by going back in and deleting all the maintenance records from the aircraft. That cannot now, be good. That, yeah, I mean, that's obviously you know kind of a bit of a pain, but think about it from a safety standpoint. Those maintenance records were things like oil changes, 100-hour inspections, maybe any squawks, you know, maybe a bad break, a fuel leak, something like that. And the next person to go check out the airplane has no idea that that airplane may have actually been grounded because the maintenance records were deleted. And right. there was no nothing stopping them from dispatching the plane. Uh, you would think there would be ways for her to you know, get back at her employer that wouldn't necessarily risk the lives of their patrons, which... In this case, uh, could couldn't be the case, or could have been the case. I mean, if she deleted some record, uh, this plane that they had in service needed some kind of uh, fix before it flew again, and that was deleted. Uh, God help the next pilot, right? That that was what was what this kind of lent itself to, as far as a potential serious situation, right? It could have been very serious. Fortunately, uh, you know, the, the folks at the uh, FBO realized that something wasn't right, started looking into it, and they were able to contact their vendor who uh, was able to restore the data. Uh, and then, of course, the you know police were involved and they started, you know, tracking things back. And, you know what, you got to be smarter if you want to try to get away with this stuff. You don't go and uh, sign up for email addresses using your personal email. And when you're going to go try to hack a company, you know, things like that are just, you know, pretty dumb. Yeah. And so, of course, she got caught, mm-hmm. although she probably was prime suspect just because she had quit and, the, you know, someone else had been fired. So, you know, they probably knew exactly where to look, and it, it wasn't hard to find the the trail. Right. Well, uh, thank goodness nothing, uh, you know, uh, you know, bad happened to anybody because of this. But I, I guess it's it's one of those stories where, hey, be careful uh, if you upset your employees. Don't make them nuts. I mean, I guess there's really no way to know. But uh, but you need to take steps to you know protect your information like that whether it's extra passwords or something, or if you fire someone, you better make sure you got your, your ducks in a row because you don't want that kind of thing going on. This is this is nuts. And what happened to her? Did she get uh, arrested and the whole thing or what? She has been arrested and is being charged with uh, computer trespass and uh, probably a few other uh, violations of Florida and federal laws, uh, computer trespass, things like that. Is so, that a thing? I didn't even know. Computer it, trespass is a deal? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's okay. an issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, when it comes to, you know, maintenance records for aircraft, for sure, it's a thing. Don't think of this as a reason not to computerize your records. Obviously, the benefits outweigh the risks here, but just make sure you've got good policies in place. Make sure you've got backups. Make sure you've got, uh, you know, access control. So who's got access to the accounts? Who can make things? And, you know, in the event that something does get changed, you want to make sure that you're able to recover it. Yeah. And, and we don't have any idea of how she was tracked down other than like, well, do you have anybody that you think would sabotage your business like this? Well, we just fired Joe and his daughter. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, so that probably helped him in that regard. But as far as, um, you know, uh, being a, you know, nip this in the bud, I mean, how do you know? 
It was a, it was very much a dumb criminal thing. I mean, they found out that what account was used to access it. They then traced that back to an IP address that was that basically matched the, an email address for the, their family name. And uh, yeah, they didn't uh, didn't exactly do their homework to try to hide. They didn't there's, cover there's their a, tracks well enough. Obviously. Not not well at all. They they weren't like you know using uh, onion routers and. Uh, virtual private networks to try to, you know, mask their footprints and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. No, they pretty, a pretty amateur hour here. Right. I, it probably would have been, you know, more effective for her to like give them a bad review on Yelp or something. And <laughs> exactly, you know, or, or, you know, maybe a stink bomb in the bathroom or oh, something. Oh, there's like that. that. I guess. Yeah. The old, uh, the Do good old not days. go in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, fortunately, once again, nobody was hurt. She uh, was arrested. I, I don't know. Was her dad arrested too, or was he? She acting on behalf of his unfortunate situation, or do we know? From what I found in, in the articles uh, about it, it was her acting on her own. The dad yeah. didn't like put her up to it, but you know, you never know. Yeah. What do you think she's done? Uh, I mean, was she a flight instructor? She was a manager at the business or something. She right? was like a dispatcher or something. She worked for them uh, yeah. in their flight operations oh, okay. area. So she wasn't necessarily a pilot or, or, a, well, and if she would, this isn't going to look good. Yeah. I was going to say her, uh, her career may be done. <laughs> they, they, you know, most, uh, future hires, uh, well, my businesses are, are going to want to know about situations like that. So I'd say her odds of, uh, progressing in the industry in the way she'd like, not good considering what she did. That's probably a good thing. We're just here to report what we know, and hopefully you can learn from it accordingly. All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Talk about soaring like a bird. What? Because we're as high as a bird, we're going twice as fast. Hey, do me a favor, take the controls for a second, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you, kid. <laughs> This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that is me along with Captain Dennis. We are now joined by Josh who we haven't had on the show uh, recently. He's been too busy uh, flying his aircraft and doing some extra training, so I figured this would be a good day to kind of get an update on his flying life. Josh, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good to be back on, guys. Yeah, I've had uh, at least 50 hours in the past few months, so. Nice. Been busy. Been All right. Fun. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of flying time. So you're in the process of uh, completing what training? in your pilot training, uh, you know, life. In the midst of what I've heard many people call the most difficult rating to get, the instrument rating. Aha. Okay. Yeah, it- so I I did an eight-day professional instrument course uh, courses training with Ron Levy, former Navy NFO, uh, backseater. Hmm. And that went well, but we just kind of ran out of time. So I'll, I'll be doing a finish-up session with him next month where we'll fly for another few days. He will do a simulated uh, ground exam and check ride with me. And if all goes well, he'll sign me off and I'll go see the FAA examiner the next day. Well, there you go. So you're, you're um, you know, round and third heading for home. You're close to the end of this process. Yep. All right. Have you been yeah. flying with Foggles quite a bit? Or uh, just a little bit? What do you think? Uh, just a little. Well, actually, mm-hmm. to get most of my instrument time it, with Ron, it was all foggles because there's barely a cloud to find in the sky while we were training together. Well, there you go. I mean, and that's a good thing. I would much rather uh, fly with foggles than have to deal with the real thing. Well, You know, you as a CFI there, Dennis, do you find that the case as well? Would you prefer your students and you be uh, training with uh, good weather? Or actually, really, I, I in the much rather I would much rather have my students training in good weather with foggles because I, you know, I'm acting as a safety pilot, and so now you're putting a whole nother level on if you're in the actual clouds and you're trying to teach the student and you're trying to keep everything, you know, uh, upright and on heading and on altitude in actual conditions. Yeah, I definitely want to be, you know, in in severe clear if I can, but. Uh, that said, I do want to expose my students to actual IFR, and I have done that. Uh, I took one of my IFR students, and we did a, a, a one of the uh, long cross country, and we actually filed and flew 
And so he did actually get some clouds and had to dodge some weather around Pompano Beach and a few things like that. So I think giving them some exposure to it during training so they can see what real IFR is going to look like and Mm -hmm. realize that it's not all just staring at the gauges for hours on end. You do actually get to look around. It's, you know, a little bit of clouds here and there, and then a final descent to the airport where you might have to work a little harder. Okay. So you like to mix it up a little bit. too, Josh? What do you think? You know, I had a lot more uh, actual conditions, instrument conditions training in the earlier phase of of my IFR training back, gosh, three years ago. And I loved it. I thought it was fun. Take off and climb out into the soup, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, But I totally understand what Dennis is saying. And I know that my instructor felt the same way about being able to to be a better safety pilot in VFR conditions while I was under the foggles. Yeah. I, I would think that, you know, maybe the first part of uh, your IFR training, you'd want it in, in great conditions. And maybe as you got a little bit more comfortable with the whole situation, all right, let's go hit the real world. Give you a little taste of what it's like to mix it up like that. You think Dennis? Yeah. I agree. You know, giving, you know, yeah. I think it's unfair to the student when they only do simulated instrument training and they get their rating. And the first time they ever see a cloud is by themselves. There you go. You know, that, that, you know, you're really setting them up for, you know, some, I mean, there's going to definitely be some bias there and some, you know, fear of the unknown because, Hey, I've never done this and now I'm going to do it for real. And it's not that it doesn't feel the same in the foggles. I don't know if you experienced that Josh, but the first time you go through that cloud and, you know, I think the fog will still let you cheat a little bit. You can kind of see a little bit out the sides, and well, know, it's just mentally that cloud that first time. Yeah, you know, you can there. always take the glasses off, and you're good to go. But uh, what do you think, there, Josh? Was that the case for you the first time, or no? Dennis, Dennis, you're right. You can see around the edges at times. The point is not to look around the edges. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. Don't know, cheat. The and what's up. <laughs> exactly. No, but, it is a it is a different experience, and you're 100 percent right that it it can be a more stressful experience as an unknown factor, having not spe- experienced it before. So you absolutely want to have um, that experience before you're on your own, because then the, your stress level will be much lower. And Josh, I got to ask. So so far uh, with all this IFR training you're doing. What, what's been the most challenging part of the training for you personally, you think? Is there one thing that kind of has stood out? I would say that it's actually the ground uh, portion of it. So that the reason being that I had gone through a part 141 school, but their version of ground school for IFR training was go watch this. I think it was Jepson online course. And different people learn differently. And I'm much better in a hands-on or classroom environment than sitting through endless hours of webinars Mm. and clicking your way through something to get to the end. So that factor combined with the fact that I did that three years ago, I've had to make up for some gaps where I've not retained 100% of that information. Now, I did take my written exam about a year and a half ago and i did take a prep course for that an in-person prep course did well on the test well enough i got an 85 uh, but my instructor from pic really wanted to know that i had this down cold so that i don't have difficulty during the ground exam portion of my uh, fa checkride experience because if i don't get past that i'm not get, even getting in the plane mm-hmm. so it wasn't as much 
the the actual flying that was at issue. Although uh, I did feel that after about five days of flying in a row, <laughs> I needed a day off. So that was the one other aspect where I didn't realize just how taxing it is to be out flying for four hours a day. And then he would tell me, well, I need you to study at night. But yeah, at night, I went home, ate dinner, and fell asleep and <laughs> slept for 10, 11 hours. And you come so in and you're like, oh, how was your homework? Uh, I'm a dog ate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm mm-hmm. 43. <laughs> well, so you're still it, a young pup, my You're friend. still a spring chicken. <laughs> That's right. Don't make us older <laughs> folks feel so bad, Josh. Jeez, what are you doing to me? Oh, all I'm right. sorry. Well, Take yeah. Back. I'm 60, I'm 65. It, okay, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, Lisey's making progress. He's near the end. It is great stuff. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Any of you boys need an aircraft carrier around here? This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. Uh, we are your crew, along with our, uh, well, temporary passenger, Josh, who's uh, in the middle of his IFR training. Uh, he's doing pretty well. He hopes to finish it off here in a matter of days. Uh, and next thing you know, he'll be flying all over. We're going to talk about where he's going to go, where he's been lately. Uh, but before we do, Dennis was saying during the uh, break that there's uh, some cheat sheet for IFR student pilots that they should take advantage of that uh, I guess Josh has seen as well. So what is this thing you're talking about, uh, Dennis? Well, it's something in the industry that it's called the instrument know-it-all handout. It's like Mm. 13 pages of pretty much everything you need to know about IFR, you know, kind of distilled down into little, little nuggets. And 
I, I think it's extremely valuable. And the great thing is you can bring it into the check ride with you. And so it's one of those things that, oh, you know, what do I need to log instrument time? And here it lists, you know, 6151, um, things like that. So you would know where to go in the FAR AIM. It's, it's a way to help, you know, get your mind out of the fog because you're, you know, you're in this check ride and you're so nervous and the instructor will throw you something and, you know, you have this quick reference, mm-hmm. um, you know, you use this, you go show him where it is in the actual resources and, you know, it'll help you um, guide your training for, you know, studying up and brushing up for the oral the night before. Another good resource that's out there, uh, ASA publishes a book. Um, it's called the Oral Exam Guide for the Instrument Pilot. Mm-hmm. Um I believe Michael Hayes is the author of that book, and I've used uh, several of his for mine. He has it in the channel already. (laughs) There you go. Good. Yes. You'll want to read (laughs) that one because it reads a lot like taking the check right. So, you know, it walks through kind of the same flow that you would get with your, your examiner. So, again, what things should I know and be reminded of? What kind of things are they going to ask me about? You know, you're going to get out a sectional chart. They're going to show you uh, a VOR diagram, ask you questions about what this, this H means over here or what it means if the frequency is underlying, things like that. And so this will help, you know, jog your memory uh, in preparation for that. Do you have a hard copy of the uh, charts in front of you so that you can just lay that out and show the examiner instead of trying to pinch and zoom on your, you know, iPad mini or whatever and try to have two of you looking over a little screen? It's going to make the oral go a whole lot easier than maybe they're going to spend less time drilling you in that stuff because it is easier and more um, more conductive for the actual exam. Well, there you go. So, Josh, is that anything that you uh, have already been incorporating into your IFR training or no? What do you think? It is great advice there, Dennis. Uh, I will say I found out because I had a stop and or start and stop and now a start again on my training that a lot of the materials that I had were not outdated, but were not the most recent. So I did just get a new copy of that ASA Instrument Pilot Oral Exam Guide. I had the ninth edition before. Now I've got the 10th. I've got my new 2022 FAR AIM, and I just took all the tabs that I had in last year's edition and put it in the new edition. I got my new sectional. I got my new TAC chart, and I also have my IFR and low altitude chart, which is current. Okay. What, what about the, uh, the PDF cheat sheet, know-it-all cheat sheet? <laughs> Do you have one of those? I I do not have the latest. I have the one from my instructor from three years ago, and I didn't know really what it was or where he got it. He just said, here, make a copy of this and look it over. Hmm. And so I'm looking forward to downloading the newest edition of that know-it-all cheat sheet. And then also my iPad Mini 2, which I had started using three and a half years ago, was starting to get a little bit slow. And my... Uh, co-owner in the Mooney Club said, you really need to get rid of that thing before you go through an instrument course or a check ride. So he said, get an iPad Air like I have. I did. And it is phenomenal. It's such a better experience. The screen is bigger, which I love. And uh, it works a lot faster. So now I kept the Mini and that's going in my flight bag. So if my uh, examiner says, oh, by the way, your iPad just failed. Oh, don't worry. I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Having that so. iPad Air was a game changer for me as an instructor as well, because I found myself having to pinch and zoom constantly uh, you know, on an approach plate when I'm trying to brief with a student or show them that. And with the Air, it's the screen is just big enough now that I can display an approach plate uh, in basically 100% size without having to do any zooming or panning. 
There you so, go. Well, the and only it, downside it, is the cockpit yeah. gets a little more crowded. Well, I was going to say, but <laughs> Apple just announced the new Mini too. If you want to keep it down on uh, size wise, they got a brand new one that they've upgraded the processor and the whole thing for as well. And a little bit less of a bezel, a yeah. little bit bigger display, so it's starting mm-hmm. to bridge the gap there. But it's still, it is definitely a lot smaller than working on the air. Exactly, Dennis. You're right. And that's what Tom, my co-owner in our Mooney Club, showed me. He said, this is because I have some backup printed uh, approach plates on my kneeboard. We put the iPad right on the yoke. That's Velcroed up there. And he said, look, it's the same size as the real deal. So you don't have to do all this pinching to zoom in, which is that along with the uh, the live time was really a deal killer. So mm-hmm. uh, I also will be printing all of my approach plates for the entire region of the area that I'm flying in. So if he throws out my second iPad, I still have my approach plates with everything highlighted on it that I need. And the one thing that my current instructor at PIC did, which was very, very helpful, he said, take the key information that you need, uh, especially when it's about missed approaches or uh, the different altitudes that you need to be at on the approach at the different markers or checkpoints that you, you know, fixes, if you will, uh, that they're right there and we put them in on a red font on the approach plate. So I don't have to go around looking at the bottom of the approach plate or the top of the approach or anywhere else. It's all right there on the the visual picture in the middle. And I can see it uh, as I'm flying it much, much easier than having to, to go looking for it. And depending what avionics you have in the airplane, a lot of the times that information is also reproduced right on the panel. Um, You'll notice like on a Garmin 650 or the Avidyne, it'll actually show you the altitudes that you're supposed to be at, at those fixes too. So it's another another cross-reference. A tip that I had learned as well is just take a post-it note with you, write your minimum descent altitude or your decision height on a post-it, you know, stick it right on the panel right next to the altimeter or something like that as a, so you're not having to go look down to the chart as you're, as you're you know, going down and focusing on that altitude, I don't take my head away from the panel to scan at all. I've got my altitude right there. You know, it just shows the examiner that, you know, you're thinking ahead and trying to be efficient. Way to score uh, brownie points. They want to see that. Right, Dennis? Anything you can do to uh, have him not be, crit- you know, critiquing you or criticizing, you know, have him, you know, be, you know, just enjoying the ride and knowing that you're going to be doing okay. Uh, that that's a good thing. That's a win, absolutely. All right. Well, you're making great progress there, uh, Josh. What about uh, where you've been flying and where you plan to go once you get this uh, new certification? Well, I had some great flights around New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia during the instrument training. Uh, on my own, I had a VFR flight up to the east side of uh, Pittsburgh, so Allegheny County. That was fun. Had a client meeting there and uh, got a deal done. Uh, on that trip so that was fun and then i have other i have other trips planned to uh the other side of pennsylvania and then uh tomorrow actually flying all the way this will be my longest vfr that isn't you know back to the home airport uh, but it's just a one-way shot it'll be a little over three hours to go up to michigan and i've got some meetings up there as well now the weather will be the trick on the way back because i don't have that instrument rating yet so uh, my wife has already said she's booked a backup Southwest flight for Friday morning if it takes me a little longer to get back with the plane because of the weather. Well, there you go. So One last uh, VFR flight, hopefully, before you get your uh, IFR certification. I feel it's coming. Yeah. Sounds like you're properly prepared. 
It's just a matter of uh, executing it, and of course, we'll cover it accordingly here on Just Plain Radio, and hopefully celebrate together. How about that on the radio? Sounds good. It takes a 21-hour round-trip drive and turns it into a six-hour round-trip flight, right? Oh, can't beat that. There's a perfect testimonial why you should be flying just like Josh. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. The landing is your first impression. It's your it's your superhero handshake. We were all meant to fly. Spread your wings across the universe. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. Navigating the latest aviation news and information, a couple little uh, tidbits to share with you. Uh, we mentioned the uh, Diamond DA, what is it, DA-40? Is that what that the, was? Yeah, the uh, the electric Diamond uh, DA-40. Right. Yeah, Tom mentioned that last week on the show, I think briefly from from the NBAA show, when we were talking about that, and he brought that up. It's like, hey, this could be a game changer for flight schools looking for a green alternative, uh, fully electric 90 minutes of flight time, but when we delved in a little deeper on the details, we got a, some more specifics on it. Uh, it's limited to a payload of, what, 418 pounds. Uh, right. I think we are we under that, me and you? It'll or do we not want to say? <laughs> <laughs> it will be close. It depends uh, on the week. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Depends on what uh, whether or not you were just on an Explorer Ventures live aboard and uh, brought back uh, you know a little souvenir from the trip. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, it's all you can eat, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like a cruise ship kind of souvenir. You know, about a pound a day. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be right at the edge there because the extra battery packs, you know, take up the uh, uh, well four seater. They take up two of the seats, but. Uh, the weight is what's uh, getting you. But so they, they say they can do 418 useful payload, and then uh, and they could fly fully electric, battery-powered for like 90 minutes. So it is possible if you got two people that are, you know, and not two crazy. Two FAA standard 190-pound individuals right. um, and a lunchbox. And a lunchbox. What do you mean? Well, you know, a flight bag, you know, a little snack for 90 minutes. You know, it's yeah. Well, bring a bottle of water with you. Well, okay. True. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, we might be able to make it, but, you know, hopefully uh, this is just the first of many. You think? The fact that they it definitely it out is. There, it's good. Well, what, the, what they're trying to do is minimize the modifications to a very good airframe. You know, it's it's very predictable, very docile. And, you know, we can't jam enough uh, batteries into the wings of this thing without, you know, making some major changes. So they're actually installing them in a pod on the underside of the fuselage. They're not going to take out any of the seats to put batteries in or anything like that. So it's still going to be technically a four-seater, but mm. because of the payload restriction, you can really only put two people in those seats. Okay, so if your two pilots are like kids, <laughs> then you can put some stuff in the back. But uh, I don't know, uh, or or you know, petite females maybe. I don't know what you could come up with there. But 
but you know, hopefully that'll change. This is just the first step. You yeah. think battery technology is evolving. Just look at what's happening in the auto industry, you know, and we will definitely see some of that trickling down to aviation. What they need to do is get the you know, energy density to weight ratio, um, you know, swinging a little bit more in our favor and mm-hmm. this will start to scale up and out. There you go. Now this would be a trainer, a good useful aircraft for, you know, flight training, running the pattern, that kind of thing. Right, very efficient grain. But on the other side of the spectrum, what Rolls Royce has one that they're uh, creating that's going to be a racer, kind of like a Tesla in the sky, right? Well, what what Rolls Royce is doing is trying to prove the whole um, electric airplane theory, and what they're doing is trying to push limits. So they've got a purpose built airplane. They call it the Spirit of Innovation, which is obviously a spin on their their spirit of ecstasy logo, you know, the radiator grill and the Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. So they've got this airplane that they're, they're right now looking at hitting 300 miles an hour. Um, Obviously much uh, shorter flight times, but they're going very fast and basically building a Reno racer type of an airframe Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be purely electric and use it to prove the electric technology is viable and go from there. I'm guessing they're going to have a ludicrous mode. On that oh, I'm aircraft. hoping they have plaid, <laughs> just like the Teslas, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it'll go extremely fast, maybe not for a very long time, but uh, that wouldn't be the point, right? It would be mission Well, if specific. you're going really fast, you don't have to fly as long, right? Well, true. Right. I guess that's what they're thinking. So, you know, they're working it through from both ends of the spectrum there. Uh, more power, faster, and then, uh, you know, more slower and useful, more time, that kind of thing. So... Eventually, the technology might catch up, and this might be a real deal. Seems like we're making progress uh, in that regard. But in the meantime, you get you got to still fly, you know, aircrafts like yours, Mooney two hundred one, with a newly refurbed engine from Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. I know you're excited getting down to the the wire, but you saw something in the uh, what topic of the month or something from from the FAA that kind of hit home with you, or what? It did. It was actually last month's um, topic of the month for the FAA safety team. And it was, you know, basically a reminder on pre-flighting after maintenance. And, you know, a lot a lot of people will, you know, go and take their airplane to the mechanic and uh, they get the keys back and didn't realize that the mechanic maybe wasn't done. He hadn't finished tightening bolts and things like that. So it's a, hmm. it was a reminder to pilots to make sure that they know what work was being done don't assume that the only the parts that you asked them to fix were the ones that were removed because he maybe had asked them to change the oil, but he didn't realize he had to take the cowl off to do that and a bunch of other things. So, you know, look beyond just, you know, having that single break looked at. There may have been more things that had to be disassembled in order to access the part that you wanted to have fixed. And so be very thorough on that pre-flight. And so I took that whole thing to heart because I'm doing probably the most extensive pre-flight of my entire life with this airplane because I'm very much involved in putting this engine back into place, Um, you know, evaluating what mechanic is going to come out here and do my annual. I want to be there with them because I I know what was done to take the engine off, what Mm -hmm. was being done to put on, the decision-making on who, what vendor for all of the different things along the way. And it's funny, that was the last item on the FAA's reminder or list here was as a pilot, as an owner, as a, you know, participate in or observe your mechanic uh, working on that. 
Obviously, you know, the mechanics may not like that. I know that there's usually two prices, one for if we do the work and one if you watch us or help. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But the point is, you know, knowing what's being done, understanding how that work is being done in the airplane makes you a better pilot because you now understand more of how the things all go together, how they work together, what things that they're looking for. And you can be a better steward uh, of the maintenance of your airplane that way too. Sure. Yeah. And I would imagine it depends on the mechanic, but most of them are going to appreciate the fact that you're involved probably. And, you know, there's that certain element of like, people don't like, you know, you're looking over their shoulder necessarily. But I would think if you're a a mechanic worth your salt, you're going to appreciate the fact that the owner is involved enough that wants to know what exactly is going on and trying to pick up a, you know, a tip or two. And that's, that's how you do it is by watching other folks, right? Exactly. And as the owner, as the pilot, you know, if you're contracting with, you know, a a maintenance person to do this kind of stuff, um, you're going to want to obviously be involved in it. And by having your, your ducks in a row, having your paperwork and everything ready, um, it's going to make that whole thing go a lot quicker too. Mm-hmm. I've got stacks of um, what they call an 8130. It's a maintenance release. I've got invoices from aircraft spruce and from pinnacle aircraft. You know, that these are the companies that have done the work for me and we've got all of that information and organized so that when this uh, inspector comes in and looks through my paperwork, he won't have any questions that this was actually overhauled done properly by an approved shop and was returned to service Yeah, because we have everything there. That uh, first walk around before you do your first flight and your newly uh, installed engine aircraft, going to be how long, you figure? You're going to walk around it several times? (laughs) Oh, I'm going to walk around it several times with and without a camera. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But honestly, I think by the time it gets ready to roll out to the end of the driveway and taxi out for that first flight, we will have looked at every single piece of this airplane at least a half a dozen times. Right. I, I'm going to be pretty confident that, uh, you know, we're not going to have any, you know, misses. And uh, once again, hopefully that'll be, well, by the end of the month, possibly in time for Halloween. That would That's be spooky. what I'm hoping for. First flight on uh No, on no, not spooky. It's going to be exciting. Okay. It'll be a trick. Exactly. He'll, he'll get the treat of having his aircraft back in the skies. And on that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 